is a special service. We are going to have a short, well-packaged National Economic Review and Personal Finance Sunday. But it comes on the wing, I like, keep it up there, on the wings of two scriptures. Hosea 4 verse 6a says, My people, which means you and I, are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Another word for knowledge is know-how. You either know how or you do not know how. And in the season that we're in, a lot of know-hows that used to work has failed. And a lot of businesses are destroyed. A lot of families are being destroyed. My people are destroyed for the lack of know-how. But Proverbs 2, I can't read that part, 6b, the easy Bible says, but God helps us to know what we need to know. This morning, God wants to help us. And God is not going to come from heaven. He's going to send the men of Issachar to us. The Bible says the men of Issachar, they knew what Israel ought to do, how they ought to do it, and when they ought to do it. It means even for the blessed 12 tribes, they will never come into the fullness of the manifestation of the promises of God had it not been that God planted the men of Issachar to tell them what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. You see, any tribe that says, I'm not listening to Issachar will fail. And it's not because God didn't bless them. We will not fail in Jesus' name. All of us have a bit of men of Issachar in us, but some people are anointed. You see, for me, I'm not a finance person. I'm not an economic person. I'm a legal mind. I'm a man of words. I'm a man of reasoning, logic, sequential thinking. That's what I am, but I don't know much about economics and finance. I'm going to be sitting my butt down there and listening and taking notes because it's only a fool that I think knows everything. And another definition of a fool is somebody that is self-confident in areas where he's not competent. Somebody write that down. Another definition for a fool is a person that is self-confident in an areas where you lack competence. I want to remind you last Sunday that I brought this forward in a very wise way. I brought you the word of the Lord entitled, The Blessing of Always Knowing What to Do. The blessing of always knowing what to do. That scripture says, God helps us to understand the things that are what? Too difficult for us. It's only a fool that says he knows everything in every region. The scripture continues by saying he helps us to know what we need to know. And some of us think we know, but maybe today you find that you didn't really know as much as you ought to know or what you knew is, has become outdated by the reason of progress of mankind. But let me interest you with one scripture. So this leads us to this morning, a National Economic Review, and we're going to have an expose on personal finances, what we need to do. Can I tell you one of the ways the enemy gets us? He sets traps. And if you can't tell that it's a trap, you step into it and something happens. But the word of the Lord is to help us avoid traps and to maximize opportunities. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 15, I want to read from the AMPC, the Amplified Classic Bible. It says, the labor, why don't you read with me? 
The labor of fools wearies every one of them because he's so ignorant of the ordinary matters that he does not even know how to get to town. He does not know how to get out of traffic to get to town or get to the city of his desire. He lacks know-how. And that's the definition of what the Bible calls a fool. And it says the work, the enterprise of the fool wearies every single one of them to the point that they give up on something that would have worked if they had listened. They fail when they didn't have to fail. He said, why? The Bible says, because what? Read that with me. Because he's so ignorant of the ordinary matters. Result, he does not know how to get to town. This morning, we're going to be looking at ordinary matters that will be ordinary to people God has gifted. God has enabled them to experience these things. And for us, <laughs> this ordinary is very difficult. But thank God, he helps us to, to understand things that are too difficult for us. I know the word fool sounds offensive. The word fool in the Bible is not an insult. It's a description. It's a descriptive article like saying somebody is short, somebody is light, somebody is dark. The word fool is a description. For instance, I believe it's um, in Psalm 15 or verse Psalm 53. One of them says, verse 1 says, the fool has said in his heart, there's no God. He's describing somebody bereft of the knowledge of spiritual truth. Another scripture says the fool lacks knowledge. It's a description of somebody who does not have knowledge. Like in flying, I can't fly a plane, but I thank God for my son, Captain Brown. He can fly me in a plane. But I'll be a fool <laughs> to try and fly a plane. I can drive a car, I can ride a bike, but I can't fly a plane. Another definition of a fool is the person that lacks understanding. He has knowledge, but he doesn't know how to apply the knowledge to get the results that he needs. Just because I have a parachute doesn't mean if I jump out of a plane, I won't kill myself. There is a way you use a parachute. He lacks understanding. The one that works for me is the definition of a fool that really works for me is the one that lacks know-how. There are many of us doing things, but you don't have know-how or you don't have enough know-how how to do it. Everybody wants to get married. There's a know-how to make marriage work. It's not a function of age. <laughs> but sometimes difficult situations like the whole world is facing now can make a fool of any one of us. You don't even have to be a fool. When things change so rapidly, like the whole world has never experienced before, such difficult times that are too difficult to for us to understand, can make a fool out of even a wise man. Can I get a witness? When things change as you're trying to understand it, another one has started, it can make a fool of even a good man. This is a season that know-how, we should do everything we can to get know-how. Even update your know-how. I remember yesterday, there was workers' meeting. Captain Conrad, who is the general in charge of the workforce, the Army of God and Grace Assembly, is now resident in Manchester City in the United Kingdom. 
And they've been having it and say, ah, Pastor Conrad, which Pastor Conrad is here? Minister Toby will come to me, ah, Pastor, I'm doing this alone. I said, ah, ah, update your know-how. Pastor Conrad can be in the G4's meeting. Was he in the meeting yesterday or not? I just tell them, put him on Zoom. Tell multimedia when it is time to give the word, transmit the image on the screens. And you know what they did? They even now turned the camera to the hall. So he too was greeting everybody. They were showing it because I was online, I was watching. It's know-how. So you will have burnt yourself out if you didn't upgrade your know-how by listening to me. <laughs> On your job, you can do a lot more if you get some more know-how. Okay. The Easy Bible... Proverbs 2 and verse 6b says, God helps us to understand the things that are too difficult for us. That's what we bring to the table today. He helps us to know what we need to know at this particular point and transition in our life. This is so that we don't end up looking like fools or even suffering as fools. I close with this scripture. The Passion Translation, Proverbs 19 and verse 29. Put that up for me. It says, judgment is waiting for those who mock the truth. And foolish living invites a beating. The word of wise living, which means according to knowledge, with understanding applied, the opposite is foolish living invites a beating. What kind of beating? If it's just stroke, should be to pain you for 10 minutes and you go. Financial beating will beat you up, beat your children up, they fall out of school, you get thrown out of your house, you recover your car and all kinds of things. Financial beating, social, economic beating. Foolish living will result to social, economic beating. May life not beat us up in Jesus' mighty name. There's a, there's a saying I can't remember who said it. It says the poorest man is not the man who has no money. No, 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 no. The poorest man is the man who does not know he has options. I don't think you heard me. The poorest man, in your definition, you think poor man is a person that has no money. The poorest man is the one that has no options or does not even know the options he has. Do you know your life can change radically today the moment you see you have an option? When you have an option, it's not a dead end. And so let us learn. Well, thank you, Wally. Thank you, Wally. <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. He has learned from me. <laughs> let us learn the options that are open to us in spite of how difficult the economy is, in spite of all that has gone wrong, there are still options that are open to us. And the options open to us will happen this morning at the National Economic Review and Personal Finance Sunday. Let us give God the praise. At this point, I'm going to hand over to the Pastor Tefa. He's the head of the economic team because he works in the bank. Please receive him with joy. All right, praise the Lord. And I want to thank the senior pastor for opening this in such a manner to make it easy for us. Now, the reality on ground is that things are not looking up the way they should. I stopped by to buy a bottle of Sprite yesterday. They told me it's now 125 naira. The last time I bought it a day before was 120. 
And thank God, my children know where to buy it, 120. So they have to trek a little bit longer just to get it. Just that five naira difference, they wanted to have to take some drinks. So they had to walk up a little bit so that they can save five naira too. So those little five nairas, if you put them together, it will surprise you how much money you will be saving. And so having to understand what to do, this is the very best. And I'm so glad for Grace Assembly, just like the scripture said, he says, for he will raise men from amongst you. If you're supposed to pay these individuals who will be teaching us this morning, I'm sure we'll be paying a whole lot of money, but thank God we have two individuals God is going to be using, and for by the grace of God, I'm going to be bringing them up. We're going to try as much as possible to squeeze this within the time we have. We're going to take the first session, which is which should take about 20 to 25 minutes, and then we'll take some questions. That will be the National Economic Review, so that we'll know where we stand as a nation, and afterwards, we're going to go into what we call personal financing, the, what we have, what can we do to maximize that. And there are two speakers this morning. It is my pleasure to bring up the first speaker. He is the Chief Executive Officer of Budget It Foundation, who are responsible for simplifying public data for citizens' engagement. He has analyzed data for almost all the states in Nigeria, as well as other countries that include Ghana, Liberia, and Syria alone. Church with Jesus Joy, please make welcome Minister Gabriel Okeowo. Praise the Lord. So he will be speaking on National Economic Review and then to speak on personal finance and there's going to be a little twist because she came in this morning and she has lost her voice a great deal. So we may just have Minister Okewo also step up for that part for her. We already have the details, so he's going to um, present that. But to do that with us, but she's going to be on the panel in case we have questions, which I'm sure we're going to have. She has risen through the ranks in the Nigerian banks, a multiple of them, and presently she is the branch manager of Keystone Bank. Please make her feel welcome as she comes up, Sister Dupe Dada. Please keep it going for her. Amen. All right, so we'll go straight. Please make welcome to reveal to us the national economy. It's my pleasure once again to invite Minister Gabriel Okeowo. Thank you very much. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning, Church. Oh, okay. All right. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning, Church. Thank you very much, sir, for the opportunity to be here to do this. Uh, this is very unusual. Uh, I wear many caps, and usually when I'm passing through Oregon, it is usually uh, some sense of spiritual matter. Uh, but today... <laughs> Pastor has taken me beyond uh, the spiritual and in church, he has requested that uh, we have uh, this. And I'm really grateful 
for this opportunity. Uh, National Economic Review, I must say that uh, we should uh, see it as something that is a privilege for us in church, not to, to just talk about spiritual matters, but to also look at uh, secular matters and how it affects our lives. And when we look at uh, the nation Nigeria, uh, and like every other nation, but who focus will be on Nigeria, uh, there are many indices, there are many uh, economic situations that are not uh, so much in our favor. So what you are going to be hearing this morning might not be uh, as palatable to your ears as you expect it to be, but it is the reality that we need to know, right? And it is when we know that we can then learn how to navigate around them. And I believe that uh, from the other uh, senior colleagues that I have here, we'll be able to provide answers to some of the questions that we may have. So I'm just going to go into it, and uh, my focus is going to be on the state of the economy, right? And I'm going to start, if uh, Multimedia can help me, I'm going to start by giving us the fiscal fundamentals that the Nigerian economy is running on right now, this year, uh, fiscal year 2021. Uh, and the first among them is that uh, Nigeria as a nation benchmarked the exchange rate at 379 Naira to a dollar. But uh, we all know, if you have changed dollar recently, that uh, we have gone far beyond this. So this is the first truth you should know. Then the second is that uh, the oil benchmark is placed at $40 per barrel. I think there is an advantage there because currently now, I know uh, oil price is around uh, 60, 63, 66 uh, dollar per barrel. Then uh, oil is very important to us because significant uh, part of our revenue as a nation still comes from oil, right? And that is why everything around uh, the economy of Nigeria, there is no how you would talk around the economy of Nigeria that you won't talk about proceed that comes from oil, right? And our daily production benchmark, uh, Nigeria wants to produce on a daily basis 1.86 million uh, barrel of oil. Uh, and I know we still, we are not eating that 1.8, we are around 1.66. Uh, 1.7, then we come back again, but it has always been, uh, the focus has always been around 1.8, but we are not really eating 1.8. Then the projected uh, GDP, GDP growth rate is 3% for this year, right? Uh, we know that as at the end of, by Q3 2020, Nigeria went into uh, recession, in Q4 came out of recession, but if we look at the whole year, our growth rates was actually negative, minus 1.19. So uh, we are really looking forward to how the economy will, uh, will be stimulated to put us in a upward growth uh, in, the, in the economy. The targeted inflation for this year is placed at 11.95%, right? 11.95. And if we look at what we are right now, uh, I'm sure our inflation is around 18% there about right now. And there are many things that a nation can do or should do to uh, bring down the speed at the rate at which inflation is going higher. And we are going to be seeing in this presentation if we are really doing that or not. Let's go to the next uh, slide. So the next slide looks at, uh, this is just a snippet of 
the budget that Nigeria is running on this year, right? Uh, the budget size is 13.5 trillion, right? And of that 13.5 trillion, uh, we, when we look at our capacity as a nation, what can we make? We want to spend 13.5 trillion, but our capacity as a nation, what can we make in terms of revenue? We put our capacity on 7.99 trillion, let's just say about 8 trillion, as what we can make in revenue. That then means that we want to spend additional 5.6 trillion naira that we do not have, right? And then what that means is that uh, we are going to be borrowing that 5.6 trillion, or some aspects of the economy will suffer for it. And usually, when we look at the fiscal dimension of the economy, we have the recurrent expenditure, we have the capital expenditure. Most of the time, the one that suffers for it is the capital expenditures, right? Because recurrent expenditure will keep going. They will buy their cars, they will do their luxury travels, they will pay their uh, fatum salaries, and they will do all of that. So when they tell us the stories of, oh, we don't have money to do this, Usually what we are not able to do is the road that affects you and I, is the, is the uh, schools that affect our children, is the healthcare system that affects all of us because we cannot afford to go to world-class hospital in Germany and the, in the U.S., right? But that is what it means. Now, I will also want to call our attention to the point that our 7.99 trillion that we want to make in revenue over the years. So what we have seen, trend analysis shows that over the years we usually have revenue projection that we never met, right? So we have not broken through the ceiling of 4 trillion. We have not, as a nation, we have not broken, broken through the ceiling of 4 trillion. So if we look at 2020, our revenue projection was uh, about 5 trillion. We made about 3 trillion. So usually, we are usually within that 3 trillion. 3.2, 3.3, 3.4, 3. Point. We are just within that 3. We never broke through 7. We never broke through 4. Then on a yearly basis, government increased the target revenue to make. Even when you have not achieved the previous one. Another interesting thing I should call our attention to here was that, and this is a non-partisan analysis, uh, very important, I, I put that down, uh, that in the last five years, five years ago, if we look at the budget deficit of this year, it's 5.6 trillion. If we look at just five years ago, our total budget size was 4.5 trillion. So, uh, if we look at the size of our expenditure, it has grown from, in the space of five years, it has grown from 5.4 trillion to about 13.5 trillion, and yet our revenue is still in the same place. So the question is, should we continue? What should we be looking at? And uh, I'm sorry to say that uh, we don't really see a lot of attention in terms of what government should be looking at, right? Uh, but let's just move forward. And then, uh, you can go to the next slide. The next slide talks about uh, what is our current reality as a nation. What do we see? Current reality as a nation, right? We had to change this to current just this morning. What was there before was our reality, and we realized that uh, because we are in Christ, this cannot be our reality. Uh, we know this truth, and we have a better understanding that this cannot be our reality. So as a nation, uh, according to Nigeria Bureau of Statistics, as at uh, this Q1, about 55% of Nigerian labor force, that is, those between the ages of 15 and 65, are either unemployed or underemployed, right? 
uh, and then right now, our unemployment rate as a nation has actually grown to about 33%. So if you have the privilege of having a job right now, it is not a time for you to take your job lackadaisically, uh, right? Because someone is just waiting there to take your job. So if God has blessed us with a job, no matter how little that job is or how stressful you think that job is, please still just take it important right now, pending when God opens another door for you to explore another opportunity. Right, so, uh, and then uh, of all of us that's, that believes that we have a job, some of us really know that we are underutilized or our capacity is under, under being paid. We are, we are not being paid to the tune of what we are contributing to the establishment we work for. And really, it might not be the fault of your employers, it might just be the current reality where we have found ourselves. As of data that MBS released at the end of March 2021, 40% of Nigeria live below poverty line. So that means, uh, uh, how much is a dollar right now? Let's say about 400. I know it's more than 400, but let's just peg it out. For, for 70. So if we put two dollars, two dollars would be, let's just say two dollars is around 900 naira. So that means that, uh, about 40% of Nigerian population does not have 900 naira to spend in a day. And let me shock you, if we look around us, even in the church, there might be people that don't have 900 naira to spend in a day. Right? And then, uh, COVID-19 came last year, um, and uh, from what we are seeing from all uh, indices, 11 million Nigerians have the potentials of being pushed into that below poverty line again if we are not careful. And government know this, and they have actually, they have plans, really, and I will show you. It's not as if they don't have plans. They have plans, actually. Uh, the last budget implementation report. They have plans. They have plans. We'll show you. We'll show you. They have plans. They have plans. The last budget implementation report we saw in the public was the budget implementation report for half year. Okay. The last budget implementation report we had was the half year report of 2020. And as of June 2020, when we look at the revenue Nigerian government has made, the government have used 94% of the revenue generated to pay debt, to service debt. Right? So, right now, to be sincere, we are in a state where not us, but generation unborn are coming to just be servicing debt the way we are going, right? And then uh, I talked about inflation earlier, and I talked about forest instability. When we look at inflation, the rate at which inflation is going high, economics will tell you that when our price is high, right, and let's, let's even bring it down to a layman understanding, if you are selling your market and your price is very high and people are not coming to buy, what will you do? Naturally, what will you do? You, re you reduce your price so that people can come and buy. But in our situation as a nation, prices are going high, right? And instead of us to allow economic forces to, to force price down, unfortunately, government is printing money to meet up with the price. So for ordinary people like you that you cannot, that you do not have access to the printed money, right, you are forced to cope with inflation while they are still able to, you know, manage their, their pockets, right? So we are not allowing the economic forces to force inflation down. Rather, we are 
the state we are going now, the inflation does not have any reason to come down. It will just be going, right? Uh, let me continue. Let's continue. Let, let, let's just show some, some, some uh, graphics. Go to the next slide. Okay, uh, so th this presentation is on the church group. You can also follow through on church group in case you cannot see clearly here, right? It's on the church group. Check church group. If you are on the church group, you can follow through. So if we look at uh, inflation right now, and I'm going to be particular about food because food is common to all of us. Food inflation between 2020 and 2021 has grown to 18%, 18.1% food inflation. And you know, Pastor Tefia just talked about Sprite now. Uh, 120, you bought it 120 and then it became uh, 125. Okay, so by one reason or the other, I got to I got to ask about the price of pure water. Pure water, pure water. Not bottled water, pure water. Do you know how much they sell pure water now? 20 naira. I was shocked yesterday. Pure water, 20 naira. He's in a hurry because he has a lot to tell us. But if you have your phone with you, you can go to the church chat group. They, all the slides are there because it's too small for you to see so that you can go there and follow the numbers. And if you remain there, you can share it with other people so that you can follow intelligently. Thank you, sir. So uh, what that means is uh, for us, maybe men that drops uh, family allowance and all of that, you need to... This is the time, this, one of the truths that the pastor wants us to learn is that this is the time that you cool down, right? So uh, if you have been eating uh, three meats before and you suddenly saw that it is one meat, understand, just relax, just relax, just relax, right? Or uh, just yesterday, uh, by, by the meeting in my own family, we discovered that Ogufe is even now better than fish in terms of fries, right? <laughs> because uh, the titles that they bought some two months ago, when they went now, has doubled the price, right? Double the price. So, men, please, if our mothers, our wives come to us to let us know that uh, price has changed, please, it is not them. You are seeing it. Even Nigeria, price has changed, and they have told us, right? Everything, everything, by, by virtue of business, we, we also deal with agricultural products. We sell our food items, and many people know there was no time that we have never in five years of of selling food stuff, we have never sold beans for above 2,500 for a paint bucket before. It will usually go between one two to two two and come back and swing. But right now, a paint bucket of beans is 2,700. Right? Gary went from 300 to 600, stayed on 600, and then jumped from 600 to 1,002 to 1,005. Right? And so, this is the reality. I'm not just on food. Right, we like luxuries, right? Our shoes, our cars, our tires, and all that. Please, when your mechanic calls you that the pointer that somebody broke uh, last week and you told the person to go and you bought the pointer for 5,000 error, right now, if somebody breaks your pointer now, it is 32,000 error. <laughs> don't just tell them to go <laughs> if you don't have comprehensive insurance. Ha, ah, so much to say, but this is the reality. Let's move forward. Let's move forward. Let's move forward. Uh, you can go to the next slide, uh, looking at uh, what are sectoral contribution to, to Nigerian economy, to GDP in the last, in the last uh, year, in the last year. So we have, uh, you can go to the next slide. Uh, this is very small, but I will, I will describe to you. So if you look at, and this is, this is really not the, 
the best outlook of our sectoral contribution because uh, a lot of uh, things changed last year due to COVID-19, right? So if we look at this chart, agriculture topped our uh, sector that contributed the most to, the, to GDP last year, and that is very easy. Last year, many of us could not travel. Many of us could not import our, those foreign food that we like to eat. We were stuck with eating uh, locally produced foods. We are stuck with uh, you know, our, our food here. And the question is, if we could live on locally produced items in 2020, why can't we continue to develop it and then live on it going forward, right? And we saw trade, right, coming down. Usually, trade, telecoms, and all of that will usually top the service, right? But uh, Agri topped the service last year because many of us could not travel. We couldn't travel to Dubai to go and buy our clothes. We couldn't travel to Dubai to go and buy our shoes. And yes, we are still wearing clothes and shoes. And we are still beautiful. In fact, we are more beautiful than last year, right? So this might be the time that we need to really, really look inward and look at what can we do for ourselves. I will tell you, I live in Lagos. I, I, I think Dele knows our place. I will tell you that in the last how many years now? In the last one year plus, I, we, we don't have reasons to go and buy some things in the market. A Wedu, a Fougu, and all of that. We don't have reasons to go and buy because we, we, we are planting and we are eating. We are even giving out. Do you get so? In your balcony, your balcony that is just there, lying fallow, there are things that you can do in that balcony to, 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 to promote locally produced food. So please, let us take advantage of it. It is not all governments. We also have a role to play. Right? So if you go through your phone, you will see all of that, uh, the way sector contributed to, to the economy last year. I'm really rushing because I want to talk about uh, government plans to resuscitate the economy, right? So the Nigerian government, looking at the effects of COVID-19, put together a policy that they call the Economic Sustainability and Recovery Plan. And this plan is uh, premised on three pillars. The first pillar is the real sector, the sector they consider to be agriculture, agro-processing, food security, housing and construction, renewable energy, infrastructure, manufacturing, and digital economy. Right, and then the second pillar is on fiscal and monetary measures. Right, uh, government have been trying, right, to see how can they shock, how can they absorb the shock uh, that is in the economy. Though some of them are not sustainable in terms of when we look at the amount, the, uh, uh, the amount of money that they are printing, the way uh, they are going about it, it's not sustainable. But they are also doing that just to camouflage, right? And then implementation, implementation is in terms of government themselves. How do they want to coordinate uh, spendings? How do they want to manage the economy, right? So uh, this plan has about 2.3 trillion naira uh, that the government wanted to spend. And I will show you how much of that has been released. So in that, in that whole process, a mass agricultural pro uh, production program is one. Right, so uh, and you will see that this is also counterproductive because uh, you are looking at rejigging the, the the economy through agriculture, and yet many people cannot go to farm, and we know why they can't go to farm because of a group that is called bandits, right? When they should actually be called terrorists that they are. So you want to your your whole plan, the the first plan that you have is around agriculture, and yet there is no enabling environment for that to thrive, right? 
and then uh, extensive public work and road construction. So government said they were going to uh, recruit 1,000 youths from 774 local governments, making uh, the largest recruitment that we could ever see. But we saw that even in that process, there was fights. I don't know many of us that saw the fight between Festus Keyamo and the National Assembly. It was not because of anything. It was because of this 1,000. So they that are already there, they have, they have a way of covering for their families. And This 1,000 is meant to be for common man. That your brother, that your village people that disturb you in Lagos. Instead of you pushing them here, they are also still fighting for slots. Right? And even now that they've gone ahead with the recruitment, however way they recruit the people, the last information available to us is that four, three months salaries of these people has not even been paid. Right? Our 20,000 era has not even been paid. So, uh, but this is some of the plans that they have. They also have plans of uh, uh, mass housing. And in mass housing, it is very important for me to uh, mention that in mass housing, what they are looking at of how to use that to reject the, the economy is through informal sector. Right, so the, lab, the the welders, the carpenters, the bricklayers, and all of that. So I will tell us if we, many of us, have responsibility to cater for the needs of family members and the rest. If you have family members that have gone to school and yet no job, this is the time to tell them go and look for something to learn to do. Right, this is the time to go and look for something to learn to do so that they don't continue to depend on you. Right, and those that have something they are doing, help them. Let them also see how can they add up to that in terms of technical certification that then uh, give them an edge. Right, uh, I will, I will always, I will always uh, make an example. I have a driver that collect thirty-five thousand naira, and as at when he came and I asked him, how much do you want to collect this? And he said thirty-five thousand naira. I was willing to pay fifty thousand naira. But I asked him, how much do you want to collect? He said 35,000 naira. Yeah, okay, let's start now. The, the first three months, and then I will see if I want to increase it. And that is because someone has not been able to, there is no education to his driving skill, right? The person that left that was collecting 50,000 naira will not just do driving, right? It was practically acting like a PA. But you now, you, you, are just, you just want to drive. So I, I, I was really not uh, impressed to want to increase it. I'm also, I asked you, how much do you want? You said 35,000, then I will pay you 35,000 there. I didn't negotiate it. So these are skills that they need to learn to be able to even put the right price on themselves, right? That is very important for us to call their attention to. Uh, a lot of information. Installation of solar home system uh, to put uh, that group of the population that are not connected to the national grid to connect them to national grid or to provide them with alternative power source. Uh, that is like a business opportunity for some of us that have funds. We have funds. We don't know what to do with the fund, right? You can just see how can you look at. There are many communities that do not have power, right? How can you go to those communities and work out a, a model that can work for that community and go to seek partnership with governments state government to see how you can power, you can connect those communities to power source, and by so doing, you may be able to uh, multiply your, your revenue that you have there sitting in the bank. Right now, if you have Naira sitting in the bank, you are really, you may not be really, uh, you might not be making lot of, uh, lot of uh, wise decision if your Naira is just sitting there, because every day is depreciating, right? Uh, Okay, so I'm just going to run through. Uh, I'm just going to run through. You can go to the first table. Go to the first table, 
And please, you can follow this uh, on your phone uh, because of time. The time is already against me. So if you look at this first table, and this, I want to call our attention to this first table because usually sometimes we hear that government have this plan and it is easy for us to sit here and just say that, oh, it is their plan, it doesn't work, they don't do anything. It is a lie. Sometimes some of those plans work, right? When government says they want to uh, support small businesses that couldn't pay salary, right? And I remember that someone in this church, either Pastor Kola or Pastor himself, sent that link uh, that government is supporting people that do not have any income and all of that. And many people will just see that income and say, government thing, it's nothing will happen. It's a lie. Something happened. People are collecting that money, right? People, I know, I mean, we, we had about one case in, on the, in the news, an hotel that put three of his staff on, in, the, in the scheme. So money is paid to the three of the staff, but these three staff are meant to now share the money with like maybe other three, right? And then fight broke up because they, don't, they, they didn't want to share. So, so this thing is real. So when we see those things, we should not just say it is not real, it, it doesn't happen. So if we look at all of this plan, there have been some releases. So I track releases as at, as at April 2021. If we look at under job and food for all, right, uh, government have released about 17 billion naira to that process, right? And if we go and look at that 17 billion, your teacher that, that is benefiting from it is part of this, right? Uh, and, and I know many more people. I think Pastor Etefia also said he knows someone that is also benefiting from, from that. On that job creation scheme, youth and women uh, empowerment post-COVID-19, government has released about 4.7 billion, right? So a lot of money has been released, Right? One thing is first for us to take advantage of this opportunity when we see them. It will not cost us anything, right? If we remember the story of the four lepers, right, they, in the Bible, they said if we stay here, we will die. If we go into the city, we will die. So if you apply for this thing that government is putting and it doesn't work, it is still fine. If you don't apply for it, it's, but why can't you just apply for it and see? Because you may say it will not work and then it worked for you, right? So please, don't let us be lackadaisical. And particularly, those of us in Lagos, we like to class ourselves as urban population, right? You have many people that are not in Lagos, right? That are not in Lagos. You have many elderly. If you go to a state like Ekiti State, uh, uh, are doing well, is doing well in, in, in uh, providing relief for the elderly, right? For the elderly. So you want your people to take advantage. Grandma B, you are clapping. <laughs> you are from Ekiti State. <laughs> you, you know, you want your people to take advantage of all those kind of opportunities. So it is not just good enough for us to sit back and say, uh, government is not going to work. Now, let me, let me end uh, this, this uh, point by looking at, and this is now a professional advice, right? Uh, you can go to the next slide. Uh, looking at post-COVID-19 sectors or industry with prospects. Now, this is not from the books. You won't see this in, in any, from the Nigeria Bureau of Statistics. This is a professional advice uh, coming to us that one thing that will continue to sell is for as long as you know how to trade, value, money comes after value. Look for something to trade. It could be your gift. It could be a resources. It could be something. Trade will never go out, out of the world that will always be buying and selling. And for as long as I is buying and selling, no matter how small the profit is, that will be something. I used to tell people, God forbid, I find myself in any 
any tight economic situation, it only takes me to go and open at the first store. Right? I have a business that is at the first farm food. Let me just open that store and sit there. In eight hours or 12 hours that we open that store, somebody will walk in to come and buy something, and then there will be money. Right? This is a time for you. If you are, if you are a salary earner, don't just relax at the salary level. See what you can use your salary to bet, because salary is not sustainable. It is what you use the salary to do that will be sustainable. Right? Secondly is entertainment. I don't know many of us uh, that are very uh, conversant with Instagram. Do you realize now that there are many comedians and many skits, right? Do you wonder they are just entertaining you? Do you think they are entertaining you? Yes, they are entertaining you, but they are smiling to banks. The more you laugh, the more you watch, eh? in the first place, you are using data, yes or no? They are entertaining you. They are, as the more you are laughing, the more they are laughing, right? The more you are laughing, <laughs> the more they are laughing. And it's not just the secular world in terms of entertainment. Even in the gospel world, in the, in the gospel world, in the kingdom of our God, whatever giftings you have, the Bible says the gift of a man will make a way for him. Right? Many of us, when we look at entertainment, we look at music. And then when we look at music, we believe it is only secular music that sells. It is only secular... By the grace of God, we have someone in this kingdom. I will mention one of them, many of them. I will mention one, Dusi Oyekon. Look at the inspiration that comes from the kind of lyrics that he releases, right? And then that gift is just making a way for him. So when we are talking about entertainment, we are not only talking about secular life, we are also talking about, even in the spiritual matter, if you believe you are calling to spiritual, do spiritual entertainment. It will still bring something for you. And then technology. Technology has come to stay. The, the earlier we all embrace technology, the better for all of us. This time last year, none of us would have ever believed that we can hold services, several months of services, without seeing ourselves physically. So if church can run on technology, I mean, Pastor just gave uh, the example of yesterday. Yesterday we had Pastor Conrad preach at the workers' meeting live from Manchester, and it was as real as he was here with us, right? And that is the power of technology. Technology now is the, is the in thing. This is not the time where you tell yourself, I don't really like Zoom, I don't really like technology. Ah, something, an opportunity might show forth that you need technology to activate, and there will be no, your son or your daughter or your, will not be around. I was shocked when I even saw my own mother of almost 70 years on Facebook. Ah, I said, hey, who opened Facebook? <laughs> and you know, I was shocked to see her on Facebook. And that's the power of technology. My, my little child of six years old could power, could go to class herself without any support. Open Zoom, put in a password and all of that and go to class without any support. That is the power of technology. So those of us that are of active age, it is very important for us to embrace technology because technology is going to help us. Then uh, the third one is technical certification to optimize informal sector. So I mentioned it earlier. It is not just good enough for you to be a tailor. Can you be a tailor and use technology to advance your being a tailor, right? How many people know that you sew? You can put your post on Instagram, you can put it on Facebook for as low as 2,000 naira. As low as 2,000 naira, you can promote your, your, your good stuff that you made as a tailor to almost 2 million persons. Of 2 million persons, you may see two that will come. That is an addition to your revenue generation capacity. So it is very important. Then industry-centered education. Right? And this is for us parents, it is for us guidance, it is for us breadwinners, it is for us supporters of extended families. 
right? Industry centered education. We are going to that stage, to that era, where going to school may no longer be fancy, right? Somebody, you are seeing skills that, is, that a child or a world is exhibiting, right? Trust me, there is a school that is meant for that skill, right? Where they will be able to develop that skill and then still be able to learn educationally. One example is Nigerian Defense Academy. From the day of John the Baptist, we all think that anybody that goes to Nigerian Defense Academy goes there to become an army, right? Yes, they go there to become an, an army, but they are actually in a university. So in the Nigerian Defense Academy, you see someone graduate as a second lieutenant and yet is a medical doctor. You see someone graduate as a second lieutenant and yet is an aeronautic engineer. Do you get so? It is possible, right? If it has been working in Nigerian Defense Academy for over the years, now it is working. We have football academy. We have fashion school. We have seminaries. We have all of that. So please, let us take advantage of it. Then construction and real estate. I don't know how many people... Uh, that are still in my level, and we are trusting God that we'll leave that level of pain our strength. I wouldn't know if it is like, like on your side too, that landlords are now also increasing uh, rents, right? Unfortunately, because in other nations of the world, landlords are actually telling, allowing their tenants not to pay or be, being considerate on them, and that is because government is actually supporting them too. But in our own climate, landlord is also telling you things are expensive. Right? So it needs to increase house rent. So this is a time that real estate construction will sell. So if you think you have the, uh, where you have that, your land is in the bush, my dear, go and develop it. Even if you can't live there now, develop it. Development will meet you there. And then uh, agriculture. I put agriculture last. Actually, agriculture should have been on top. And I intentionally put agriculture in red. And that is because I want to put a note of caution on agriculture. Right? Because many people now are going into agriculture, and then you go into it, put all your investments into it, and then you are not seeing return, right? As, as it looks as if it should, it should happen. And just to put a note of caution, that agriculture does, does not just bring about returns. It is agriculture that is powered by industrialization, that is powered by technology, and powered by industrialization that can really give you that kind of results that you want to see. So if you want to go into agri, it is either for two things, as a subsistence farmer, or as, as, uh, as, as uh, a small business where you are not expecting so much, so you are not putting so much. Or if you want to put so much, really put so much to that point where it can be mechanized, it can be industrialized uh, for you to also be able to do exports. And, and I, I will talk, I will end by, by just talking, touching on exports, right? Our export capacity as a nation is very low. So Nigeria, oh, we are about 200 million people. Really, we don't, know our, we don't know our numbers, really, but we just guess that we are about 2 million, 200 million people. But that's not correct because we don't know ourselves. We don't know when was the last time we counted ourselves. Now, our export capacity is about $33 billion, right? And then if we benchmark 200 people uh, with export capacity of $33 billion with Ghana of uh, about 45 million people. Ghana is just like Lagos State. The whole of Ghana is just like Lagos State. And they are doing about $13 billion, right? If we extrapolate that, we know that they are doing far better than us. Now, let's go to South Africa. South Africa is just about 51 million people in terms of population. And South Africa is doing almost $90 billion in terms of exports capacity. And that is because in the first, in the first instance, no vehicle that is driven in South Africa is exported into South Africa. They are imported in South Africa. Right? And then we have Nigeria that is 
saying, a government that is saying they're encouraging our local production. We have Innocent that is producing in Nigeria, and yet we are not patronizing him to make all government, or if government starters alone drive Innocent vehicle in Nigeria, Innocent is going to have capacity to employ more people, and the economy will be rejigged. I'm going to pause here for a while and allow us to take uh, questions. All right, let's just touch uh, briefly on, on personal economy, uh, personal finance, and I'm sure uh, Sister Dupe is going to help us out there. Uh, but I'm just going to talk about it from, from, the, from my perspective, and uh, four, four definitions that we need to pay attention to. The first is financial planning. This is the era where you don't just spend erratically, right? Any income you have or you are expecting, you need to plan before the income comes. If the income comes before you, before you plan, there is a high possibility that you are going to spend wrongly, right? Let that be planned. Financial planning is that process that allows you to order your spendings, order your, order your, your, your economic activities in a way that helps you to achieve economic satisfaction. So very important, plan before you earn. If you earn before you plan, there is high likelihood, right, that you are going to spend wrongly. If you have ever gone to Kotonu to go and buy a car, you can enter a place that is like the whole of this Oregon, filled with car. If you don't tell yourself when you left home that I want to go and buy under Accord 2020, when you get there, you will still tell yourself under Accord 2020. You will discover that by the time you come back home, you come back home with Volvo 2024. And you will be surprised that how did you buy Volvo? It is because when you got there, you saw many options. And then one Volvo is doing like this in your face, you will now buy it. Right? <laughs> so financial planning is very important. Uh, then our financial plan is, is, is writing it down. The Bible talks about it in Habakkuk, right? You do not have a vision if it is not written down, right? A vision that is not written down is just a thought. And a thought is meant to fizzle away. It can come and it can go. But if you have a plan, you have to write it down. The Bible talks about it. Habakkuk 2 2. Write the vision down. Why do you need to write it down? Make it plain. So that when you see it, make it plain means put it in a place where you can see. It can be on your laptop. It can be on your phone. It can be in your room. It can be on your door. So that when you walk by it every day, you see it and you remember. Because when the plan is not written, it guides you. It is written down. 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 It guides you. It is written down, it guides you. It is written down, it guides you to, to your expected end. Then effective budgeting and effective planning. Uh, less feats of financial planning. Benefits of financial planning. Benefits of financial planning. Number one, it increases your effectiveness. Paid, was it last week? I 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 paid my children's school fees. And I, I, I want it all. You can naturally 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 stagger it. So why should I throw in all the money when I can use the money to do something else? So I only paid about 75% and held back 25%. I know by the grace of God there is nothing under the heaven that will make it impossible for me not to pay. But at that time I can use, since the school has already given that leverage, I can make do of that 25% in another thing. Right? So financial planning is very important. It helps you to, to be effective and efficient. In your, it also allows you to control your financial affairs. Right? There are people now 
there, there are people that if you call from today to tomorrow, if you ask me for something and the, the moment you are asking, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me does not convince me to give you. Ask from today to tomorrow, I won't give you. I won't give you. So you had better talk to Holy Spirit to talk to me before you come to me. If Holy Spirit does not talk to me, I won't give you. <laughs> and, 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 well, that is me. I rely on Holy Spirit, right? I have my plans, right? And I have buffer. In that buffer, that buffer is, is carefully spent, right? If you are asking, it's just like those people that beg, beggars. If you come to my window as you are coming, if I'm not inspired to give you, stay there till tomorrow. Abuse me till tomorrow. I will not give you. You will just be there till traffic light will allow me to go. Improve personal relationship. Right? Our wealth is not determined by how much we have. Our wealth is determined by who we know and how much information we have access to. And how much information you have access to is determined by who you know. Right? And I, I bless God for pastor. Right? Our pastor came here and said he's not an economist, though. he's a legal person and all of that. And it allows us, right? The more people you know, this is not the time to smell relationship because that person that you are messing with might just be your saving grace tomorrow. So personal relationship is also very critical to your financial management. Personal relationship is critical to your financial management because there are things that you want to use money to buy that personal relationship can get for you. So why should you use money to buy it? Sometimes it is pride, right? There are things that people can do for you free of charge, but because of the pride, you are, you are priding, and yet you are, you are losing money, right? Personal relationship can help you. Personal relationship can help you. I'm really rushing. Okay, uh, so financial planning also gives you that sense of freedom from, from financial worries and obtained, uh, financial worries obtained by looking to the future, right? Uh, cut your coat according to your size, uh, right? Don't, don't, don't burden yourself. Don't weary yourself. Don't aim for what your capacity, your income level cannot afford right now. Wait, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And you have a better advantage. You are a child of God. You are a child of God, right? Uh, um, in the next slide, uh, if you budget, it helps you to live within your income. And I'm, I'm not going to stay long on this, but just to encourage you that you are seeing your friend drives a car, you are seeing them build a house, and you just want to jump into it and do the same thing and put yourself in debt. It will only give you worries. It will only give you anxiety that, you, that, you, that your heart cannot bear. And then you will see at 32, you are having high blood pressure. At 40, you are having cancer. And it is not because cancer just wants to come, but because the, this part of your chest is always doing gee, gee, gee. When you wake up in the morning because of the loan that you have, that you have taken, if your capacity right now is to maintain a two-bedroom apartment, my brother, maintain that two-bedroom apartment and trust God on it, and God is going to enlarge you there. Spend money wisely. Spend money wisely. Spend money wisely. Reach financial goal, prepare financial emergencies. Yes, very important. It is not just enough for you to, to invest money, right? This is a time where as much as you invest, you need to have something. May I call it buffer? It's just somewhere that all, any kind of emergency, because this is not the time that you want to call me. Ah, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying. Ah, you may be dying and dying and dying, and I'm not able to help you, right? So have buffer. 
there is a place for you that emergency happens and you are able to cover for yourself first before seeking for help or for before others will see your capacity and then come to your aid. And, and there is a place where you are working and yet you are always going to borrow or you are always living at the messes of people and then uh, uh, people begin to wonder uh, if you are really working or if you are making money. Develop wise financial management habits. Develop wise financial management habits, right? Uh, I, I will give you an example. By the virtue of work I do, I appear in a, in a lot of places. And all of a sudden, I just realized that actually to be wearing these South Souths now is actually cheaper than wearing suits. Do you know? It's cheaper than wearing suits. So I just switched. Right now, before you will see, uh, it's only church I wear suits to. Outside church, no, I don't wear suits again. This is what I wear. And thank God for the kind of job that I do. Right? It allows me to wear anything I want to wear because I realize that instead of buying suit of 60,000 era, 80,000 era from our level, I don't know your level, of our level. Instead of buying that level, right, the whole of this, I can actually make it happen with less than 30, 35,000 era. Right? And then I'm okay and I'm, I'm comfortable in it. So you need to develop wise decision. Don't use anybody as your, as your yardstick. Use yourself and the vision that you have carved for yourself. Thank you very much. Uh, please, let's go to the last slide, uh, the, the second table, the last slide. And this is just, I mean, I can't go over this, but this is just a template uh, collected from a professional, right, to look at, at the minimum, how should you manage your resources, right? Because some of us collect, when we look at our income on an annual basis, when we put that income together, the house we are living is actually taking 60% of our annual revenue. And then you are struggling, you are borrowing, you are doing what you should not be doing as a child of God. Just because you need to maintain certain kind of lifestyle, you need to maintain certain kind of class, right? This table allows you to look at your level, whether you are a student, you are a working single with no dependents, you are a couple with children under 18, you are a single parent with younger children, you are a parent with children over 18 in college, you are a couple with, uh, that is over 55 years with no dependents or children. This just allows you to see what percentage of my income should go into housing, what percentage of my income should go into mortgage, what percentage of my income should go into transportation, what percentage should go into food and all of that. Because some of us, our problem is not even lifestyle, our problem is food. We can eat, we can eat and eat and eat. We see pizza, we want to eat. We see gizdodo, we want to eat. We see all of this, we want to eat. And we are just eating, we are eating. Some other persons, I believe we don't have that in Grace Assembly. They have drank their home and the future of their children in Biapalo, right? And, and do you, do you in, and, and hanging out, and hanging out. <laughs> By the grace of God, I, I hung out uh, some, was it last week? Yeah, last week. No, this week on Thursday, on Thursday, we had staff retreats. And I look at how much we spent for that staff retreat. And I'm like, this is what some guys will do. All because they want to leave the home, right? They are not even going with their family now. Because they want to go with uh, some babe and all of that, they will go to this place and blow. When, if I tell you how much we blow in one day, in four hours, eh? Riding on a jetty and, and uh, on, a, on a yacht and all of that and then going to beach house and all of that. Ah, I, I, I was scared, but uh, my, my team will tell me there is plan for it, there is budget for it, and there is money for it, so let's spend it. And I need them to rejuvenate, uh, to be able to do the work. But the reality is, some persons do that 
like every other week, like every month, right? And by so doing, they are wasting resources that God has committed into your hand. I'm going to end on this note by saying God has given every one of us a measure of resources, a measure of resources. If we learn to manage our resources well, where we are, God, we serve a God that blesses, right? You, you manage your resources well. The blessings of God come upon your resources. It will multiply little by little. It will multiply and it will take you to expected end. There is nobody that is poor in our midst. And by the grace of God, being a child of God, there will be no poor in our midst. But every one of us, let us learn. Let us manage our resources well. Let us manage relationship well. Let us manage whatever God has committed into our hand well. And the blessings of God is going to come upon us. Thank you very much. Please rise to your feet and celebrate this vessel the Lord has used. Amen. Now, how many of you agree that was a loaded, loaded, loaded speech there? May the Lord bless you, Minister Toby. Um, moving forward, we just want to wrap this up. Um, I'm very grateful to him. He was able to use the uh, allotted time. He was supposed to end by 11.05, and he has two minutes to spare. So at this point, we want to make this brief. If you do have any questions centered whether on the global economy or the national economy or personal finance, if you do have any questions, we're going to take a few questions. We have one question there for the sake of time. We're just going to identify the people who are going to have questions. Sister Bidemi, we have two questions here. We have three questions. So please pass the mic. We're going to start off with those three questions, and then we'll try to see how we wrap up this. Let Sister Bidemi start. Thank you. Um, good morning. I think my question should go to Sister Dupe, I think. So my question is around um, um, investing in Forex. So most of the platforms that we have available, you have to buy the dollars from the black market. And then the interest rates that they put on it, I've done a, a bit of calculation. And it's not looking good because the difference in the exchange to buy and to sell is really wide. So my question is, everybody keeps saying, you said that if we put Naira in the bank, nobody say I get the Naira, I'm just asking questions. If you put Naira in the bank, it's wasting your, because it's devaluing. Now I want to change it to dollars. And I'll take my example from Piggy Vest. Piggy Vest is selling dollars to you at 485. And then if you want to convert it to Naira, they convert it at 474. That's a difference of 11 Naira. So if I then go and buy at 485, that means I have to leave it there for a very long time before it can appreciate. How does one bridge that gap between the loss in the exchange difference and the interest rates that you get? That's my question. How do you bridge that gap? Okay, you, you pardon her, um, she really... But it's church. Um, for me, what, what of the things I tell people? Okay, I'm so sorry. Okay, like I tell people that come to me in the bank, that's... Um, exchange rate exchange is starting to work about. The truth is, even people doing LCs 
have others that don't find it funny anymore. A lot of people are losing money when it comes to forest and the prices changes every day. Even in the CPM windows, we have about three different lines. You see, some people get it at 400, some people get it at 387. So it's not the best. If you want to go into anything forest these days, it's not going to be a short term thing. You have to be rest assured that if I'm doing this business, it's going to stay a while so that you can bridge the gap. And instant foreign businesses is not the best. I can tell you that for free. Praise the Lord. If I can do re-echo what she said, what she's advising is if you have to go into any business that requires Forex, you shouldn't be looking at a short term. So you should be looking at something long enough for you to have a balance at it. So you can make a transaction now and you will lose money within a short period of time. And it's also advisable. If you have to do a quote that has to do in dollars, you don't make, you don't try as much as possible to have a benchmark for that dollar transaction. Because you can make a, a quote now that's in dollars and when you are being paid, that dollar rate must have changed, which means you run at a loss. I'm sure that did answer your question. For every other question she's trying to answer, I'm sure much later she's going to put it down so that we post it because we couldn't barely hear her very well. Amen. All right, we'll go to the next uh, question. Please let's celebrate her for that answer one more time. Good morning, George. Good morning, ma'am. to come to the national economy. And to my mind, when I read about the way the federal government, state government, they're going about wanting to improve the economy, I wonder, I'm not an economist, but common sense tells me, you're doing trader money, you're giving people money all over the place, you're printing money. I read somewhere that it is not bad to print money, but it is the way you use that money that you print that matters. You spoke about um, post-COVID, whatever, that they are giving, they've given out about 70 billion naira. Those money, can't they be used to set up industries, to employ people, instead of dishing I mean, you give a trader 10,000, what's he going to achieve with 10,000? Can he profit lower 10,000? And unfortunately for us, we have what they call the Economic Advisory Committee, supposedly advising the presidency on economy of this country. Inflation is 18%. I just learned that pure water is 20 naira per one. We started with five naira. So what is the problem? We have a problem somewhere. And how are we going to tackle that problem? Because to me, I think government is deceiving us. They don't want this country to survive. They don't want the ordinary man to survive. Somebody in Nigeria is earning less than 30,000, for God's sake. Kilo How do they feed? How do so maybe people like you? Good. I don't know how you want to do it, but something has to happen in this country. They stop cryptocurrency. 
I'm reading all over the place that it's not a, <clears throat> a bad thing, but we have stopped it in Nigeria. The young boys we are making money out of it, and they said it's legal money. So why would we stop that? These are the issues that come into my brain, and I said, well, do I give up on this country? Thank God I'm retired. Uh, we are senior citizens. Because if I were still young, I don't know how I would have coped. Thank you very much. Thank you. Praise the Lord. But that's more of a concern of the reality that we have. The cryptocurrency was stopped. And even in the world, I understand some footballers are being paid in crypto. So some things just don't work for us, and they can't really figure out how it works. And that's the best the government can. We have one more question. We're going to take that question from Minister Bright Palap. And I'm sure if we do not have, then we move on. Let's have the mic to Minister Bright so that he gives us the microphone, please. Praise God. Uh, thank you. Uh, my question is to Minister Toby. Uh, thank you very much for the exposure. Uh, it was really indeed uh, an eye-opener. Okay, you, you said when, as part of the policies, part of the policies, hello, as part of the policies government always uh, roll out for people, they send links where you can click and register for stuff like that. And you said many times people believe this thing doesn't work because uh, they say it's a government thing, it's not going to work. Uh, but that's not only the problem. People also think those links are fake. Yes, they also, when, when those links are sent out, you know that the internet thrusters they do other links, and so people have got frustrated. You can enter those links, and all your details are gone, and they take you out. One day, I had to phone, I had to quickly email Zenith Bank. I said, Please, I'm just scared. I, I entered something, I'm feeling my money will be taken. Please, um, just do something in case you see anything about my account. They, they, they emailed me back to say there's nothing wrong. So, how do we uh, know the right link? Government rules are the same. Where do you get the Praise the Lord. So his question is quite simple. There are so many other government channels which come in form of links. So how do you know you are clicking the right links so that you don't get into the hands of fraudsters? Okay. The truth is that all these funds not really come through the bank. CBN actually will just credit you. Maybe the money, the market money, whatever, the other ones are the ones that you see them going to the market to share. But in most cases, a lot of all these links, they link it through the banks. We have a lot of platforms. Government is actually doing so much. That's the truth. As a banker, I tell you that there are over 100 schemes. You say they want for um, newcomers. You say they want for new... Oh, if you're just starting for what do they call it? Status, startup, startup business. businesses, a whole lot of them. But the truth is, we don't believe. Just like you said, a lot of people just don't believe. They believe, oh, this is fraud. This is anyone that asks you to provide your details, or is the fraudulent ones. The ones that the, even the BOI, the CBN, the cards, the all that, they link it through the bank. 
you have to have an account in a bank. So in most cases, talk to your relationship officers, talk to your bankers. They always have something to give you. I have a lot. If you have anybody that wants, you can talk, we can get to talk later. Whereby I give you a list of all the schemes. Then you look at the one you fit into. Did you hear what Sister Dupe said? She has plenty. What did she call it? Links that government is providing. How many of you want her to bring her people to bring you to church? Hello? Madam, is you I'm addressing? You know these things work and you know how it works. Why don't you bring, you know, banks do this thing where they go to an institution, they set up tables. People will go, they'll give you information, you feel. How many of you want that kind of thing to happen? Because we know you, we can trust you. You know how it works. So that it's a form of marketing. You bring the business because it, it passes through the bank. And the people fill the forms and they walk through your bank and it brings volumes of business. How many of you? So I'm officially making a request as a senior pastor of Grace Assembly, I can write it to your bank. You say, bring some of your staff, explain this thing to us. The people that qualify, let them fill the forms and we'll see how that goes. If they really want to help us and you too want to help us, you bring it where we will understand it. I also want to say something. There are some schemes available that, no, please sit down, that individually some of us may not have the entry-level fund. So that you feel disqualified, but we have to go beyond me, myself, and I. It is time to pull resources together. If there's something available that you the entry-level is maybe 10 million. If I don't have 10 million, I feel disqualified. Boy, if I have 2.5, Pastor Scola has 2.5, Pastor Yomi has 2.5, Pastor Steve has 2.5. If we pull resources together, we access that money and be able to do the business and we share the profit in four ways rather than me sitting around putting my 2.5 in the bank and it's depreciating all the time. This is where character becomes important. And this standalone, you don't greet anybody in church, nobody knows you, you yourself and I, because when it comes to that, I will only talk to people I know. And can I say something? And this is not me legislating, is it? I prefer that if you're going to go into a business association with any member of the church, Please pass it through me. Don't come to me after it becomes a problem. You didn't ask my permission. You start fighting in church, wanting to arrest people in church. Did you ask me whether the person is certified? Do you know the history of the person? If I don't know your history physically, the Holy Spirit can reveal everything about you to me. So I want us to be able to qualify whether it's farming whether it's fish farming, whether it's trading, whether it's starting another Adufe farm or Adufe farm accessing funds to now mechanize. So Adufe farms, you may have started, but you don't have enough 
entry power. You can come to me. Maybe you can come to... Uh, mommy has been looking for widows, how to generate more income for widows instead of begging everybody. Maybe when they have money, they can partner with you. So they have income coming into Goldcrest Family Center that they can continue to do what they want to do. So with that... Please, look at your neighbor and say, my name is so, 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 so. I'm a member of this church. If you have any better, it's okay for you to talk to me. Because me too, I want to go to another level. With that, I say thank you. Okay, now, let me quickly say something about all these schemes. Why a lot of people don't have access to it is because they don't have collateral. And CBN, they're not dashing out the funds. That's why you see them linking it through the banks. And for we banks, you, we have to have something to tie because when it matures, CBN just takes from your pocket. They don't, without recourse to you, there's an agreement already. They just take from the bank's money. They just debit you. I had a real lot of cases whereby people get funds and they don't pay back. Because to a lot of people, these are like our own national cake. People feel government is sharing money. They're not sharing money. You're supposed to take these funds and use it to do something profitable. So you see a lot of people coming. I want to get this. I can't get it. Yes, Pastor, we go through the, we do a collective thing. If we need to get one person that has a collateral that can stand in, then we cannot internally in the church. We are giving you two million, one million, but it's going to be under Aduke. Yeah, yeah. Do we understand? Yeah. So that it's not that everybody just assume I can come and get funds. No, no, no. no you understand? No, no. It still has to be collateralized. One hundred and twenty percent. We can do one ten percent. What's it? It has to be collateral, fully collateralized. You, you know, Dupe, Another thing about collateral is this. I give an example. You have a bungalow. You are not. You put tenant there. How much are they paying? But when it comes to the accessing funds that you can actually birth your dream. The, 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 the house that you have is never going to take you there. Now, if somebody has that collateral, put it down, and other people that want to partner with the person, maybe they want 100 million, and other people come in and they actually put some money together, the person with the collateral can take a chunk of that money that the bank does not need and still do something because his collateral is valued at what he's putting in and then it frees him some cash to do other things apart from this one so the point is sometimes what you are keeping is not going to take you there it, if you partner with other people you can do 10 times what you could have done by yourself honestly we need to look at all the dynamics and pastor Etefa, you too i'm giving you the job you help us work it out thank you amen so I think I love the points where Pastor talk about pooling. Sometimes we cannot do things by ourselves. And it could be pretty much simple. Uh, sometimes we, like Minister Toby did say, we try to do everything by ourselves. Let me ask a question. How many of us use any music service? Apple Music, Google Music. If you use any music service, let me see your hand. How much do you pay a month, let's say, for an Apple Music service? How much? How much? So everybody pays 900 Naira just to listen to music on Apple Music. I wasn't satisfied with the music service I was using. So for the first time sometime last year, I skipped onto Apple Music. And I discovered it's 900 Naira. 
And I asked myself how much, and I discovered that for a family of six is 1,400 naira. Instinctively, I said to myself, why pay 900? Why I can find six people to pay how much? 1,004. I went to the office and I found out that everybody was paying 9,900 naira. And I said to them, let's gather six people. We'll pay one for each person will become 250 naira. It's just a mindset you need to start. And everybody brings 1,000 for each person pays every month. And then you can close your eyes for the next six months. In fact, some people paid 2,008 and they can close their eyes for the whole year. So why do it alone when you can have someone to do something mighty? Please just let's rise to our feet and celebrate these ones for what they have brought to the table. We cannot thank them enough, but the least we can do is to say to Minister Keo and Sister Dukwe, thank you so much. God bless you. We truly appreciate you. Give it up to them. You can do way better than that. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And we want to thank the convener of this meeting, the setman, the senior pastor. Let's celebrate him for understanding the needs of the time and bringing this to the fore.